brought to you by Brass and Unity. We make wearable conversation starters. Our new buddy check packs are available now. Grab one and check on one of your closest buddies. They may need it now more than ever. Go to brassandunity.com, use the code UNITY, and get 20% off. And let's all heal together. And brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. To help support the podcast and in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become a part of their unarmed forces today. Be sure to use the code UNITY at checkout and get 25% off. And brought to you by GFDA. Good fucking design advice. The voice in your head and the foot up your ass. GFDA makes prints, drinkware, and apparel for people who want to do their fucking best. Go and use the code UNITY and get 10% off now on anything on their site, including our collaborative product, Fucking Help Somebody. And brought to you by Daisy May Hat Co., the custom hat company based in Nashville, Tennessee. They make custom one-of-a-kind hats from wide-brimmed fedoras to cowboy hats. All of their hats are 100% beaver felt, and it's the highest quality hat you can get. They also have the coolest shirts ever. You can use the code BRASS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Go and check out daisymayhats.com. Embrace the fever. Live the dream. Kid Carson is on the show, everyone. Welcome. Thank you. Happy yeah. to be invited. I'm excited to talk to you. I have wanted, okay, first off, if, if for the American listeners who don't know, I'm sure I can guarantee you've heard of, of Kid Carson. He has been everywhere. He's been in radio for all of existence. His voice is synonymous. When I hear radio and I hear a tone, I think of you because you really are radio and were radio for me for a really long time. And now you got even bigger and more badass in my books and you stepped up and became a person that I can look at with integrity and with character and I'm so thrilled that you did what you did the way you did it. And I think you are an incredible human for it. So this is why I wanted to have you on the show. So many different things. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, what I'm doing now is a little bit different than uh, call now and win $500. Yeah. <laughs> did you? I, I mean, let's just start where I, I think we should start. Did you always want to be in radio? What is the background? Why the radio? Because you do have such a perfect voice for it. Well, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I never considered that I or thought that I did have a perfect voice for radio. But um, yeah, I wanted to do it since I was a kid. Like yeah. I'd be like doing my homework and just talking to them on my pencil. Uh, like it was a microphone, or we'd have like buddies over and we would rig up our old cassette player and hold it like up to the phone and like crank call people and make them think that they won a prize and then laugh and hang up or you know we'd interview each other um i actually had i found an old cassette tape that i should play on my podcast actually sometime it'd be fun M myself interviewing a f and then we buried it like as a time capsule and like yep. right don't don't open up until the year 2000 or something like that and uh it was fun to listen back to that and i'm like oh my god i really have loved this my whole life you really have. And I mean, huh. that would be incredible. I don't know why you haven't played that on your show yet. I feel like that's necessary. I need to find a cassette deck. <laughs> that's it. Listen, we're in Vancouver. Oh There's enough hippie-esque individuals. Somebody will have a cassette deck that will be willing yeah, to like lend that to you. Yeah. Um, that's interesting though, because to take such a fascination with radio at a young age, it's not something that, uh, 
you know, nowadays it's so much more, it's video games, it's TikTokers, it's Instagram. People want to be these other types of professions that we, we wouldn't have normally thought were, you know, well, they didn't exist uh, when we were kids. They just, it just wasn't a thing. Um, so I guess radio makes sense if you look at it from that perspective, but still, it just seems like a really different, unique uh, passion, obsession. Did that come from family? Is that something that was kind of put into you? I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Um, but I know that when I got to about high school and I started taking it really seriously, because I always just, as a kid, never thought I'm going to grow up and do this. It's the thing I like to, to do and mess around, record myself and everything. But um, then when I got to high school, it, it became sort of like, you know, I just want to be like this cool, I want to be cool. And I didn't know how to DJ, like actually like spin the records. I couldn't do that, but I could just talk. Right? Work, work, work. So I'm like, I'm going to be the DJ and I'll be like, I'll just feel so cool. And like everyone from all the schools will listen to me. And we had a really cool local radio station at the time with really cool DJs with fun names like Mike Devine, the party dog, or all these wild people. It was like such a, you know, again, it, there was no Instagram or anything like that back in that, in that time. So, and then I got into radio wanting to be cool, which isn't the most noble to get into something. But then as I progressed into radio, I realized that, uh, uh, the more real you were, the more actually people re reacted to you and, and came up to you and said, oh, wow, you're really like the connection was so much stronger than me just being like the guy who's going to give away money and do all this stuff or play the hottest songs. It was like when I would tell a personal story about something that happened to me. And I slowly worked up the courage over the years to do that a little bit more, more to finally when you get to the point where you can just go on and just be, you know yourself and there's always like a you know it's like a 98 percent yourself there's always a bit you hold back but to be able to be really honest i was like wow okay this is why i love it i love the communicating i love the connecting with people and so it started out as i want to be cool and then it turned into me discovering this love of really just connecting with people and that's why i love what i'm doing now even more because the content is like just so brings people together. And I'm like finding this new tribe of people. And I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so much more comfortable in the world. I feel more comfortable with my audience. Cause I figure we sort of align on certain things, not everything, but enough where it's like, it's meaningful. So it's a little more meaningful than playing the new Bruno Mars song. It's a little, <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, let, let's, let's be honest. Spotify's here. Eh. Yeah. Right? Radio's great. Radio's great. But I can't tell you, I would listen to it if my phone wasn't working and I would listen to it. It got to a point. It really, there was a, there was a, a turning point for me when I really started listening to podcasts and music and audiobooks and being able to, I think it was probably at the point when Apple came out with their, you know, you could buy like the monthly plan where you didn't have to buy the album, but you could just subscribe. And then you got all the music. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's when that started for me. I really started listening to less radio and more of that. And then there would always be certain little things that I would find. Like you said, you get to know a person, you get to understand a person's personality. And uh, we've had um, from Vancouver, Nira Aurora, she, she has this hot list thing. So she's had our jewelry on there. So we know her and we know a few people, but it's always interesting when you see people in person, but you know them only from radio. It's just a very different dynamic. And it, I do feel personally, and maybe I'm completely out of touch, but you know, 
radio is one of those things that's just not listened to near as much. Um, and for me, it kind of reminds me of the news now. I just, I don't want anything negative to start my day. I want to vibe out to some hippie sabotage, which the radio doesn't even play. And I just want to go to work and smile. I just want that. I don't want to know where there's traffic. I don't want to try to win something. I just want to chill. I just want to chill. But I think that's because I'm in a different place than a lot of people are right now, especially in Canada. I'm seeing a lot of people are like needing the heavy dose of information every morning, or they feel like they can't breathe. And I think that's a little bit by design. That's me again, not putting words in your mouth. Think it's me though. Um, I'm with it's you. By, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's a bit by design and I feel like it has got a, an underlying after being in the military and going to another country and seeing how we do things and how we get things done. And then just seeing it happening here, it's a real scary feeling. So going back to radio, it's just, I love it. I think it was great for, for what it was, for when it was. And I think it has a useful aspect to individuals, um, some individuals, but I think for the most part, it's, I don't say feel like it's on its way out, but I feel like it is, and it's adapt or die. And what a great opportunity for somebody like you, who's so, so, you know, synonymous with radio and that tone and that voice when you're doing these things and people have built that relationship to, to come out and, and, and pivot and pivot maybe because you were forced to, but pivot nonetheless, instead of just taking it and then moving on to something else in your life. So mm -hmm. I agree with that. And just, I, I would say that to follow up with uh, your comment about radio kind of moving its, its way out. I mean, I, I would hundred percent agree with that. Um, okay. I think it's a, it's a bit of a broken model, even when you get kind of behind the scenes with advertising, you know, mm. you're paying, playing a bunch of commercials in a row for five mm -hmm. minutes. And if your commercials in the middle, you know, and then how do you super target that demographic? And the whole thing is just sort of like your, your, your blanket advertising or blanket targeting um, listeners, according to like age and demographic and instead of um, aligned values, you mm -hmm. know, or, 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 or similar passions or, or interests. It's a, it's a, well, if you're 18 or 24, you're going to play Dua Lipa a million times and you go, holy shit, it's just too much. But also the fact that, you know, the reason why radio, I think, has been around for been an outdated technology for, for a while is the idea that you feel like, okay, I'm listening to the same thing that everyone else is listening to, or, or there, at least there's that illusion so there's this idea of connection where you're like, okay, well, this is my local station. So mm -hmm. this is what this Vancouver is listening to. And, and right now in terms of like pop radio stations is probably the 94.5, mm -hmm. which used to be the beat back in the day where I was a co-host with near Aurora. That's right. A long time ago. And so a sense of community. Yeah. But yeah. now that we've gotten to the space where podcasting has really blown up, you know, your audience has now come around you and now they, they align with similar values. So now there is that sense of community in other spaces, which is, I think now radio is finally, you know, slowly, painfully dying, where all they do now at this point is to try to run it as cheaply as possible. And love to all my radio peeps, but I, if you're going to school, you know, that's a bad idea. It's you know, it's, one. it's not the one, you know, and the same thing for TV, all of that uh, is sort of the same thing. They're trying to run these things so cheaply or so, you know, I mean, 
Well, I was, I was just fired from, uh, from Z95 and my replacement isn't even a person in Vancouver. They're like from, they're like in Calgary and they've just taken a show what? from another station and they're just repeating it and pretending it's in Vancouver. So like, but people don't realize you're not even listening to someone who even city you live in, you know? So it's just, it's, it's becoming so blah. And the same playlist on every station, like a hundred stations owned by one company, all with the same playlist. If you look on other Instagram accounts, the same graphics, the same, it's just, anyways, so I'm okay with, I wanted to do podcasting for a long time, but I didn't have the balls to jump and the universe gave me a little yeah. flick, like, dude, you've been wanting to do this for five years. What are you doing? I just was comfortable. And sometimes that's not a good thing. No, comfortability is the death of creation. It is the mm -hmm. death of innovation. And it, and it does plague a lot of people in the world. And if anything, <clears throat> it's not just you. So don't stress. You sometimes need that. And I mean, you've got a family. So it's not like you're this, I'm a single dude who's just super wealthy. Yeah, no, listen, we uh, don't all have, yeah, you have responsibilities. You have a reality that has, that's there and it's present and it's mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. So, you know what, if you're not, you know, providing, I can understand that I can see that. So I always respect that. Uh, there is the comfortability factor, but there is something to be said for the way this world was shook and whether it was again, by design, by God, by whatever you want to call, whatever this was, whatever this was, because I don't even have a name for it yet. I'm still working on one. And it shook the shit out of everyone in every way. And, and it changed the way that we look at human connection. It I had, I had Jack, uh, I'm going to try to say it right. I'm trying, going to try to say his last name, right? I'm work real hard. Okay. It's, it's Jack Posebeck, Beck, Bick, Posebeck. There it is. Ah, bam. It is real. He's, he's cool. I had him on the show yesterday and we were having this conversation about the human connection. And he was talking about pizza hut. Do you remember back when, when pizza hut, you could go in and you got like the little card from all the books you read and it built this little community and they made you feel amazing because you read all these books. You got your personal pan pizza. And it was like this whole environment and how that doesn't exist anymore. And during our pandemic, what you saw was a shift that was so well designed around a model that is so communistic at, at its core that if you just put someone on a, a glass screen and you feed them from there and you entertain them from there and you do everything from there, then you can create the person you want. And that's what you saw happen in Canada. So yeah. podcasting is good. Because you can get out of this idea that you can speak freely and honestly about different, different type of topics, different type of interests, different. I mean, I've seen how diverse your guest list has been. It's been banging. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, yeah I, I just try to do relationship stuff, some mental health stuff. I know that a lot of you talk a lot about that. And then mm -hmm. diving deep into like the, the craziness of the world and lies and deceit and all the some of the real fun topics that are my favorite. <laughs> Can you got to, you got to be honest with me here. What, were you the crazy one in the family too, through all of this? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the good news is, is that I've been crazy for a long time. So 
and and I started to plant like the crazy seeds with my mom, maybe like six or seven years ago. And so, and she would be like, okay, like, you know, and then now okay. she can't, she came around sort of pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when the pandemic hit, my mom was like primed to be like, oh my God. So now it's so great to, for us to be on the same page in that way. And my wife's on the same page. She kind of woke up to um, going down the vaccine rabbit hole when, the, when they were going to mandate the, the measles vaccine years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, oh, we better research this in case they're going to make our kids take it to go to school. And so she kind of woke up in that way. And so we were just wide awake when this the whole thing hit. I mean, don't get me wrong for the first, there was like two weeks there where yeah. I was wearing like embarrassingly wearing like the blue rubber gloves to go to the grocery store. And like, cause I didn't know. And then after no two weeks, knew. I'm like, what no. the fuck what am I doing? <laughs> Rip off the gloves. I'm like, yeah, I'm like my wife would make me Lysol wipe down like every item from the grocery store. Like the bag, I'm like Lysol wiping a bag of chips. I'm like, this is insanity. You know, but there was two weeks where you don't know and you're just freaking out and, you know, so anyways. But yeah. uh, after that, I bounced back into sort of, you know, a little bit of a clear vision of what's kind of going on. Okay, so explain to me, I want to get into why you're fired, if that's okay with you. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's okay. Um, take me back to, uh, let's go. Yeah, this will be a good evolution. Let's go to when Canada was like the world is ending in March 2020, because I was in China in January of 2020. Mm. And we came home five days before the country closed. And I was violently sick, like Mm. drop down, like I'm going to die because I can't go up the stairs. And my doctor, who was Chinese at the time, he goes to me, he goes, where were you? And I told him and he goes, yeah, we don't have a test for this. This isn't, it's pneumonia. Take this and walks out the door. He's like, good luck. And just was like, see you later. And so from that point, so I know we all got hit here. We all started ha- feeling the, the effects of the weight of the government in March of 2020. So for radio perspective, I want to know how you went through this transition and what that looked like all the way to the point where they were like, beat it. Well, I signed my um, contract, I signed a two-year contract with, with uh, Z95. And we signed literally like two weeks before this pandemic hit. Oh, oh. So it was, if we had waited a couple of weeks, uh, I probably wouldn't have ever been on that radio station because right when everything hit, all the advertisers pulled all their advertising campaigns, canceled everything uh, because like, no one was driving to work. As we moved into sort of a lockdown situation, people mostly listened on the driving their kids to school and to work. And in the morning, it's like more of a catch the headlines, play the games on the radio, the whole thing. Um, and so, yeah, and I had just started this brand new show with, uh, you know, one of my best buddies, Jordan McCloskey. And so we're like, hey, this will be fun. And we had our own little booth separate from the radio station because they broadcast out of Richmond. And I'm like, I don't really want to go to Richmond every day. So I'm, I'm no. uh, right, like staring, the window looks in the back of a, a shoe factory delivery port. And I'm like, this is so uninspiring. So um, we had our own little studio kind of downtown in Yelltown where we could walk and get a coffee and have a vibe and have lots of guests Mm -hmm. in the studio. So um, it it was great because when the radio station started putting like arrows on the floor saying you have to walk (laughs) this way one at a time, you know, and I'm like, we didn't, we kind of had our own little bubble. We're like, 
screw what's going on out there. So we did the show, we launched the show. No one's listening because no one's driving. They canceled all the advertising, the billboards and everything. They never went up. And my buddy and I just kind of, for a few months, just sort of sat there feeling like we're doing college radio because, you know, no one's, no one's in the car. Um, which was good because we had a chance to kind of be loosey-goosey and have a little, you know, bit of fun with it. But um, as time went on um, and things started to get to, you know, people were going back to work a little bit and the show started getting some traction and things were great. Um, I, I had made some comments about masks. Like I was invited to a, like a, a charity baseball game and I agreed to go. And then I found out like the day before that we all had to wear masks at this outdoor charity baseball game in the heat. It was hot summer and I'm going, so I kind of went on the air and just said, like, God, I, I really wish that I hadn't agreed to go to this thing because I don't want to run around, play sports in a mask in the summer. Like I'll do it, you know, but like, <laughs> this sucks. And we got so much, there was so much hate boss that I was dangerous and like, you know, a menace to society. And, and I thought, oh my God, like, Zed really is like the Karen station. Like they say that <laughs> in meetings behind closed doors. They say, guys, we're the Karen station. Like we don't rock the boat and like Karens love us. Like that's not actual management. They're like, love it or hate it. We're the Karen station. I'm like, already, I'm like, this is not the place for me. But anyways, um, oh, and at that point I, I started to really feel, it was my first tinge of like, wow, something really weird is going on here that we can't even say anything, but we love the, wearing masks. This is way before the, the, the jab rollout and all that stuff. I thought, this is bizarre. Like, we're not supposed to like wearing masks. Like, in that time, it was like you wear it to protect other people. And so it's like, okay, but we're not, we shouldn't love it. Like, like why are you getting one that matches your jacket? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why are you wearing it as like an accessory, like it's cool? And, th and then that was really forced in the media too. Like, it's so awesome to have a and masks that light up. And I'm like, guys, this is supposed to be a, a tragedy, a horrible thing, but we're doing it to help your neighbor. <laughs> and you, I couldn't even say that on the air and without getting pulled aside and, and you know. And so that was really weird. Um, when was so that? that was the first, what's that? That was, uh, oh God, it's all a blur really. That right. whole two years is a blur. I don't even know. <laughs> But that was, I'd say that was maybe the, the first year in okay. where it was like the mask thing was so heavy and thick in the air. And mm -hmm. I realized, wow, I can't even question what's happening. Like there's this crazy thing that's happening in our world, in our city. I'm looking out the window of the radio station and like there's no one walking around except people in their, in their pajamas letting their dog out to pee. And like, this is like, it's like a ghost. I'm like, this is weird. Why can't we talk about this more? but we couldn't ask any questions about it without getting like in trouble from the boss or, you know, I've had to answer 200 emails this morning because of what you said. And I'm like, okay, okay dude, at least people are listening. Like, yeah, your numbers the are there. <laughs> right. So anyways, from there, um, I went on a bit of a, cause now the rumors were coming out about this sort of like digital ID thing. Oh, and I yeah. thought, wow, oh, this yeah. is, 
I, wow, this is fascinating. And I've always been in a con, kind of conspiratory type topic. So I just, that's like my TMZ. I don't okay. care about the celebrities, but I, but I love um, the, 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 the secret people running the world. Like that's all my favorite shit. So <laughs> the whole thing started coming out with, with digital IDs and how this could be a thing. And so I did like a little rant on the air. And so like, wow, guys, like this is a uh, very fast as just a convenient way to hold a vaccine card in your phone like as convenience really this digital id thing is like i think they, they could eventually connect this to your bank account or you know you you might need this to have access to other things besides health and like i just sort of i thought it was fascinating and anyways i did this little rant and talked about a bunch of things like that and that's when the hammer came down uh where i was I thought I was done at that point. I thought I was going to get fired. And I thought, okay, I'm like not ready to be fired right now. I have some things I want to do. And so I had this big Zoom call with the head honchos in Toronto and me. And, and as soon as I got on the call, I just knew I need to put my tail between my legs and beg for forgiveness. So I just, I did that. I kind of did what I had to do. And I, I promised I wouldn't post on social media anymore because I was really going wild on Instagram with freedom stuff. This is before Ottawa. It's all the stuff and like the lockdowns happening in different cities and the statistics don't match up and, you know, the efficacies of the vaccines. And I'm like, woo, and my wife's there. She's, she's posting and I'm posting and we're just like, <laughs> we're just having a ball. <laughs> I'm like, I told you, I told you guys, I told you all this. <laughs> You're just in it right so I, so once that big zoom meeting happened it was like lockdown i went basically mute on instagram um they couldn't talk about it on the air didn't even talk about masks it was like nothing we talked about you know hey guess who's turning 68 this morning happy birthday rod stewart or you know that kind of stupid stuff it was awful and uh the only saving grace was that my co-host uh jordan and i were on the same page so between the songs, we kind of had each other to like talk about, oh my God, like this and that. So we had, we had a, I had a little, I had a place to vent, which is, is when you talk about mental health, how important is that to have some people you can rant to who get you, who would come over to our um, place when, when it was expected that your neighbor's going to rat you out and call the police and the cops are going to show up and give you a ticket like all that like pulling the blinds and having friends that will still sneak in the back door and like spend time and talk about stuff like god did it ever feel like like a really weird movie that whole time you know roadblocks and remember the roadblocks and yeah you know so i had i had people to to connect with as i watched the world sort of fall apart anyways that lasted about six months and then i I really felt like a part of me like my died. Like I, I did feel like a sellout or because I was getting people who knew I was awake. I'd said enough things on the air that uh, people knew that I knew what was going on. I, my tribe had sort of found me um, even though they didn't like the radio station, they'd listen because they knew that at least, okay, kid on this pop station is dropping little truth bombs. So I'm going to, if I'm going to listen to the radio, I'm going to pick him for that reason. Of course, other people, the Karens would be pissed off, but, um, so after, yeah, after about like six months of that, that's when I just sort of like, um, 
went on my final rant where I'm like, guys, like what's going on? And it was by eight minutes that uh, someone recorded and put on uh, Instagram. And that's when I had people suddenly finding me, pardon me, from all over the place, like states and different countries. And it sort of went in my world, my little viral moment where on my last day, I sort of, not knowing it was my last day, um, said, guys, like, and had a bit of verbal blah, blah, blah. And at that point, as soon as the show was over, um, <laughs> I could see my boss, like his face through the little window at the door that peeks in, yeah. you know? And I could just see his eyes and his nose and his scrunched up face. And he's like shaking his head. And I knew. Shut it off. Turn yeah. it off. <laughs> he kind of knocked and said, do you want to follow me to my office? And I'm like, yeah, let me just grab everything I own. <laughs> like grabbing like. Property. Know, that's mine. I know what's going on. my pen. And these are my headphones. I'm unplugging my headphones. And this is my bottle of water. Like all, everything. Carrying it down to his office expecting the worst oh my god <laughs> I was right. yeah and i'm like oh and you got like that little bit of a rush you know but um yeah so that was kind of my last day and um to back up a little bit what was even weirder is that um i know you appreciate the conversation about mental health and how this time has been has rocked so many people um just about a month or two, my co-host just was like, and I don't want to go talk about it too much because it's kind of his private thing, but he was mentally in a place that we're like, dude, I can't even do the show anymore. Like, I just, I need to check out. And I was like, okay. Heartbreaking because he's like one of my best friends and I'm, you know, but also torn because he's my partner in my professional life. And so now I'm doing the show like alone. And so it's a really weird time where suddenly I'm by myself. I no longer have my best buddy. He's like working on himself. Um, and now I think, I think that helped build the pressure up even more to that moment where I just couldn't take it anymore. Cause I'm like, I don't even have someone to talk to off the air about some of these things. And, and at that point, at that point we were getting really excited about moving our studio to the lobby of a very fancy hotel. I won't say the names, I don't wanna, but we were like super pumped about having this street side studio, kind of like mm -hmm. old school, much music days where people come up to the glass and go, hi, ah. we've been working on this for months and we're gonna be in the lobby and celebrities who come and stay, you know, in town and like, sports teams who stay here and the vibe and we're going to be in the spot. And I thought, Oh my God, this is going to be so fun. This might actually help put good old fashioned FM radio on the map a little bit in our city. Mm -hmm. I was really pumped about that. And then it was turning out. Okay. Well, you've got to check everyone's uh, QR code vaccine status before you interview them or come on your show. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, don't put that on me. I'm not going to start asking people i have never asked anyone with their status it's none of my damn business like it's none of my business because there are people who are against it but had to get it and there's all different combinations of reasons and pressures and coercion and everything else and then there's people who are just like screw everything no way i'm pure blood and like but that's not my business as you come to my studio door to go oh, okay i need to see your uh qr code before i interview you so we stopped doing interviews and guests 
which was a big part of my show. Mm-hmm. We stopped all that and it just became this boring, lifeless sort of show. And in my eyes, didn't feel great. And I was like, man, this, I might as well just go on the air and just say how I feel because at this point, can I, you know, my buddy tapped out a few months earlier. I'm like, can I keep doing this? You know? So I thought I had this little bit of a fantasy where I'm going to talk about spit the truth. And then people are going to rise up and be like, yes. And maybe my owners of my station, but like, you know what? You're right. We were wrong. Like you made some great points and like, we can be the one station in the city who's going to spit some knowledge that that's true. And, you know, I hope that would have happened, but obviously that didn't happen. It was like, Hey, remember that whole contract renewal thing? We're not going to do that. Um, and today was, I think your last day. So, and that was that. So there's the story. Is that a little too long winded? No, it's so perfect. Like the thing is, so, well, there's so much to unpack there. Number one, the, I'm really sorry to hear that about your partner, because that is by and large, when you start to see, I'm not even talking about people getting sick. Like we all got this. Yes. We all at one point thought we were all going to die from it. And yeah, don't get me wrong. It kills a lot of people, super unhealthy, overweight, inconsiderate, just they already don't care what they put in their bodies. People then, yeah, it's got the vulnerable people who have cancers and things like that. And I'm sympathetic towards that, but I'm not sympathetic towards this. I'm not because that's, that's self, you you did that to yourself. And I know that's a really harsh opinion, but that's the reality is I've been in harsh situations. And so saying that isn't, I'm not going to lie about that, but to see it happen in a way that you know why it's happening. You know, it's designed to do this. You know, there's nothing you can do, but be there for the best way you can support them, get them any resources you can. And it takes somebody beside you and it doesn't take them because they've got a cold. It takes them because their mind broke because for no fault of their own, genetically, the brain is, we don't understand it enough yet. It happens. Mm -hmm. And when you can't stop it from happening and all you want to do is see that person be well, but you, you just can't, it's a helpless feeling. It's, um, it's helpless for them. It's helpless for you and those around you. It's, it breaks you. It, it breaks families. It, it's been, it's been the biggest repercussion and damage to humanity. And I don't even know how long, and we're not going to fully understand the state and the extent to which this has Oh, the irreparable damage that we're going to have to children. We're not going to know for another 15 years, but I'm sorry that you had to see that. I'm sorry that you had to experience that. And that was the case for you and someone that you loved around you. That's, that's why I think I get so damn angry. And I think that's why I, I, as my father-in-law said, you better be willing to take the bullet because your company will take a hit. What you say will take a hit. What you do will take a hit. And you have to be willing and ready to, if that means they shut you down and your business down, you better be willing to take, to be willing to take that. And I finally got to a point as well, where I said, I don't care if they bankrupt my company, that's fine. They can't shut me down. Um, I'm going to have a voice, 
I'm not going to move away. I'm going to stay here and fight for the country that I fought for once and I'll do it again. And when I see people like you standing up and speaking, because it just got to a point where there were so many things you said there, kid, that like, I just want to pull apart because like you said, you know, thank God we had friends that would sneak in the back door who would literally like do sketchy things to come see you would be there for your wife and for you to vent to and to talk to and not judge you. Like, do you hear the words that we're having to say like barricades and passports and sneaking around a government on what was it? 2020 April 20. Uh, so 420 for me is a big day in my life. And no one's shocked. None of the listeners are. And we sat outside, five of us, spread apart outside in the cul-de-sac. Somebody called the cops on us. Somebody in my cul-de-sac who has two, at the time had two RCMP families, called the cops on us. And it was a moment I remembered going, we have switched to a fear-based, state-run, very dangerous mindset where they were able to convince someone's neighbor to call the police for sitting outside in a first world country that is like supposed to be the most inclusive, loving, sorry, I wouldn't harm you with, if I had to, we had to sneak around. We, we still have to sneak around. We still have to have passports. We still have masks. We still have legislation imposing laws on five-year-olds to have them vaccinated if they want to attend school. But there's a kid that tried to cut a five-year-old in my son's class who tried to cut another kid's throat with a key. And they say, it's their right as a Canadian to go to school here. You can't kick the kid out of school, but you can if you don't vaccinate them. It's crazy. And I don't understand where the, where the uproar is when like the Pfizer documents now we're in batch number two that have come out. They tried to hide them for 75 years or something. Like, I, I just don't, like, I don't expect everyone to pine through all the details and read it for themselves, but come on, you've heard about them. Like, can you at least research some other people's opinions on it? Like, <laughs> at mm, least. That and, and does that not raise enough questions to go, hey guys, it's actually, um, Maybe we shouldn't be judging people who've decided not to inject this into their veins because this paperwork's kind of scary. Yet you still no. want to give that to every kid who wants to go to summer camp this summer or, or, or fly somewhere. Like it's just. Or leave the country freely. Yeah. yeah. So it's so beyond. It's so beyond. It's, it's beyond, but it, it's, it's worse than that. Like, like it's, 
when I was talking to individuals like that, like the gentleman Jack, I was telling you I had on yesterday, uh, he's a, you know, he's political correspondent, but he's, you know, he was a former Navy intelligence officer. His specialization was in China. His specialization was, he speaks fluent Mandarin. So does his wife. <clears throat> That's his shtick, right? And I broke down like, why? What, what is the obsession? Is it the culture? Is it the CPP? Is it the the thought process with how the country is run? Like, what is it that made you be like China instead of like during the height of terror, not Arabic and Farsi and, and Pashto and those? Like, what, what was the drive? Because I've always been obsessed. I've been obsessed with why they do things because there's the mentality of we're going to put the high-speed rail from here to here, right? Well, what about the historical things in the middle? Nah, move them. Go to the people. What about the Uyghurs? Nah, concentration camp. Go to the people. Because this makes the rest of the country well. And when you look at the mentality of um, why our, our current and everyone everyone who's just listening knows when I say leaders, they know I'm doing quotations because they know me enough by now. When they say our leaders of Canada, they're so far in bed with the CPP. And that's not, there's nothing conspiratorial about that. I can come with receipts with that. Anybody who has fucking Google can come with receipts for that. So when you see that, it has to give, the fact that it doesn't give people pause for concern because the Chinese people are fucking great human beings. They are some of the most hospitable, kind people I've personally ever worked with or when I visited, I know that's what the way they are. But then you have the 1% or less than 1% of China, which is the CPP. And that's really where these ideals come from. The control aspect comes from. When you start seeing that slowly being implemented in Canada, it, I don't, you got, you got, is there something I'm missing here, kid? Because I don't see, I don't see how people can be so blind unless all they listen to is our single voice, same narrative media in Canada. And they don't listen to anything else outside the world or they don't travel outside the world. They don't look at anything besides Canada. I can understand how those people are locked into this, but how is the rest? I think we're just so spoiled. Mm. I mean, we are so spoiled. We've never had to fight for anything, generally speaking. Like if you go to I mean, I'll never forget. I was invited to uh, an authentic, incredible three-day Croatia. Um, and Say that I again. got to you go to Croatia. Out. Oh, Croatian. Sorry, you cut out there. I didn't hear the words. So Croatian, oh, yeah. uh, authentic Croatia. Croatian. Okay. Yeah, Croatian wedding. And, um, you know, we had to cross the border into like uh, Bosnia and, and to where this wedding was happening. And it was just like going back in time. Like, first of all, you're... you're driving through and you're seeing buildings that are just half standing and giant like whole like, walls that have been blown away by a, a tank or and you're just going oh my god all the stuff that you grew up as a kid seeing on cnn when all that shit was happening in bosnia and you're like oh my god it was there as a as a reminder to the people but also then you get to the wedding and they're like doing these dances and singing these songs um that that have such historical value and and they're like their grandparents like literally who are there or fought 
like there was such a connection, you know, where, and, and the, the stories of what they fought for and were, were so fresh and alive with, with the songs and the dance and, 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 the, and the traditions and everything. And, and so it, it's not lost on them what they had to go through. In Canada, it's sort of the opposite. I mean, we're, we're so, hard, hardly anyone even knows a veteran, you know? I mean, I know you are, but like, it's not like ingrained in our culture. It's sort of like, we don't talk about that enough. And veteran, we think of like old guys with wobbly bones out of uh, handing out poppies or whatever. And that's all we think of. We don't, we just, we've never had to really fight for anything. And we, we, we have, but it's been sort of quiet and it's not really like, I mean, like that's the difference in the States In the States, they're very connected to like defending and understanding that the whole house of cards can fall if you're not going to fight for it. In Canada, we just take everything for granted. And the things that bug us seem to be so trivial, really. Um, so yeah, I, I just think we're spoiled. And we just think that nothing can ever happen. And our leaders are taking care of everything for us. And everything's going to be okay. Because why wouldn't it be? Because we're so nice. And we're just so Canadian. It's just like, uh, I don't know. I, I go, oh my God, have I been everything I believed about my own country? Was it all propaganda from like the get-go? Like we always point our, our uh, fingers in the U.S. where they bring out the military during football games and they make it so patriotic and everything so that you'll sign your, your, your kids up. I go, oh my God, like we're kind of the opposite. Like we're so the nicest people in the world. And I don't know about you, but people in Vancouver are pretty clicky. I don't I even don't, know if we are the nicest people in the world. <laughs> I don't go to the city. But like, I mean, what is that? I don't go to the city. There's no need to be in the city. You know why? Yeah. The city's terrifying and clicky. And it's like that in the fashion part, part of Vancouver. It's like that in like the lifestyle part. It's like that in, in, in like the groups you hang out with. They're supposed to be the most inclusive. Like we're like, we wear Lululemon and we hike the chief. Like we drink rosé and we, that's fine. Like they're the work, like, we're so clicky. We're the most like, I don't understand it. Yeah. Everyone's going to be so pissed. I don't care. It's true. There's it's an true. element of truth to that. You know, I mean, so I mean, yeah, because you could do, you could do go to some when you travel and you go, wow, yeah, these people are like with full intention of their heart welcoming you. And I had the same experience. I've been to Shanghai. I spent a week in Shanghai. It was only a week, but I got enough of that, enough taste to go, wow, like. Mm -hmm. Just the respect they were shown, that we were shown, and like how warm and welcoming they were. And it was, I had an incredible experience. That, that was my experience. But there's a lot of places you visit and you go, wow, these people are like, I need to come back here. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like this label people in the world in Canada, I think is a little bit, bit of a stretch of the definition of nice. I don't know. But um, anyways, a long-winded answer to like, I think we are just so deeply spoiled to generation after generation after generation that now we're like entitled we're tone to deaf all the things that we have yeah yeah we're tone deaf yeah it's interesting when you say that like i it's funny because very often like the majority of our listeners are are american and aussie and outside of we don't have as many in canada shocker mm -hmm. everyone's shocked that <laughs> b silo that uh, bill c11 really really works in your favor sometimes mm -hmm. um so when I talk so much about Canada, people are 
blown away. They have no idea. This Jack guy who's like a correspondent who like knows what's up. He's like, wait, you guys still can't leave the country? I said, no. He goes, I think you're the only ones. I said, no, I'm for sure. No, we are like, I'm a hundred percent on top of this. I know we are. And he always, he, all these people I talked to the, the response is so, it is so mind boggling to them to hear little things like the gun laws. They just changed them overnight once. And they just did it again the other night. Right. And we mm -hmm. don't get a say. And they're like, what do you mean? You don't get a say, how does that work? I'm like, I don't know. They just did it. And then you're like, they just, the party just partnered with this NDP without a vote. What? So we're one party. Yeah, that just happened. We can't, we can't stop that. And so when you start seeing those things happen and no one in Canada responds to it, it's, 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 how do I say this? There's people that work for the media in Canada, that CBC, um, CTV, Global, I've been on all their shows. I've done them all pre-COVID, you know, I'm, I'm the, 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 who do they, they got a vet roster. You know how you have a roster you call when somebody has been on the thing. It's like, who's a veteran mm. who can talk about veteran issues and fire. We need a soundbite. We need a soundbite. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So they'll call you. Right. And like beautiful example. What did you know about the Afghan pullout last August? Oh, with, uh, not a lot. Like with the whole Biden thing, they left everything behind. But you say Biden, right? Right. Do you know that there's over 3000 Canadians still sitting in Afghanistan with no help and no way to get home? I had no idea. Is that you know seriously? I'm dead serious. Dead I had no, serious. this is news to me. Yeah. Okay. So this is okay. So this is what I'm, this is my reading. Point proven very well. Point proven. Bam. But no, my point is, so CBC called. Okay. They called me and they said, we would like to talk to we're going to have a panel with some Afghan veterans to you know, talk about, you know, you must be pretty angry and upset right now to see the way the United States is pulling out of, out of Kabul. And at that time they caught me when I was given an opportunity to help a high level family get out of the country. And I was very angry and sleep deprived. <laughs> And it was the response was you're gaslighting the fuck out of veterans. You're making us look like we are these unstable, unhealthy, mentally unwell individuals. And you're perpetuating it on the biggest media outlet in the country. Um, so if you really want to know what's going on, how about you give me a call and we'll have a discussion with how the Canadian government put two individuals to process all of the IRCC paperwork of any Afghan Canadian reaching out for help during that pullout before the last plane left the country. Two people. Okay. So we can talk about that, but I'm not going to sit here and have you gaslight my ass on massive media. It's not going to happen. And so they called me in the next day and said the interview was canceled. Oh, surprise. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. It was like, this is my water bottle and this is, this is my pen. And this, that was my moment of that. And that's what happens. But the, 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 the thing is, is we, we had uh, Edmonton, uh, they were ready to go and stand up and go and get on planes. Um, but the only people who sent individuals to help other individuals was Americans and British and the British and the Americans are the only reason there is, I'm allowed to talk about it now. Uh, she was the head of the women's rights for the independent party of Afghanistan and her family. And she's now a guest mm. lecturer at Ottawa U. 
Um, so we got their family out of the country. We were able to get one, just one nine set of people, but we got one. And that's because no help from our government, no help from anyone in Canada. We were told from the media that there is a media blackout on the Afghan pullout. And we are only to discuss the election because that's when wow. the snap election happened. Right. See the timing. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. On people knowing this before the election. Wow, it's crazy. We left equipment too. We left people. We left, you know, we left just as much as everyone else. And now the Taliban are using the carriers to go pick up uh, their dead and their wounded. There was a photo that was published this week on the Northern Provisions. So they're using the equipment. <clears throat> I guess my point is in Canada, we don't know anything that goes on because it is now very clear that they're run specifically by the sitting party of the, and that is a concern. So when we're state run media, we have checkpoint Charlie, which is show me your papers so we can track every moment of you. And then you have CTV who goes on over Christmas and talks about how they've been tracking 33 million phones and they're continuing to track 33 million phones. When, 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 when do the rest of us wake up? When do the rest of us go, this is not okay? When? Because it feels like no one is. Yeah. Good question. Another part of our nice Canadian um, characteristic is that we don't protest. And when we see someone protesting, we're just trained. I'm not sure what it is. We're just trained instantly go, oh, oh, like dirty people are marching down the street with signs. Like we don't, like if, if you see a group of a couple hundred people walking down, screaming with signs, I'd go, oh my God, like these people are passionate about something. They must have got a re reason behind this. Right. But there's something in our, I don't know what it is. The Canadians, we just, we instantly just, like we don't want to rock. We don't like rocking the boat. Like, oh, these people are rocking the boat, and oh, they're probably holding up traffic. And oh, god, it's just like it's a that's a thing. I've just always noticed that people are never. Um, so I'm. It's, so even if you do know something, it's like, what are you gonna do with that information? Like nothing. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna do anything. We. What, it's like when are you gonna wake up? You know, even if you quietly question, you're never gonna have the guts to go out and protest and walk down the street. And that's why. When Ottawa happened, it was like, oh my God, because that's not normally us. Right. That's not normally us. And that's why I think it rocked so many of us and shook so many of us out of this slumber to go, oh. <laughs> that's why these videos, you'd watch them on Instagram and you'd get emotional. I didn't realize I was that emotional. I'm very comfortable being self-aware and like i'm a i'm an emotional guy um but, but that was like oh my god i'm way more emotional than i thought i was because these videos are making you cry with the slow motion flags and the overpasses and all that stuff and then of course that song like we will not comply in the yeah. background and all, it's, we've all seen a thousand of them <laughs> and it was such a moment because that's not normally what we do so thank god we're in this place where a we're a couple steps ahead of where Canadians normally are. Um, but you're right. It's like, guys, there's still so much uh, to do. And I think 
because the, there's a, that, that awakening took place, um, that's why the government's coming at us so hard. Like, why, why, else, why else would they be coming so hard at us um, with blocking media and trying to shut down people who aren't official government-funded media outlets um, because they, they know that something's happened. But yeah, anyways, um, Do you, we're spoiled. Um... Yeah, we're spoiled brats. Do you use a VPN? No. Should I do that? I mean, Bill C-11's here, so. Yeah. Do you understand the full reach of that now? Um, a little bit. I don't, okay, I don't so fully get it. I mean, I know that people who, want, like us, who want to have a voice that's outside the narrative are in danger of being shut oh, down. Not, or... not in danger actively happening so hmm. it started in february it used to be bill c10 and that went ran last year <clears throat> this one transitioned over to cover more so not just state-run media but also social media so youtube because we're monetized on there um sent an email about it that uh the government of canada has notified youtube that they now have, so they now have access to Canadian YouTubers to go in and take content down that Canada deems the Canadian government under Bill C-11 deems dangerous and misinformation. That's happening now? Yeah, yeah. I got the email from YouTube uh, this week. Um, I'll find oh it. Oh my God. It too. Yeah, I would love so to that, see it. Yeah, social oh media God. as well too, right? So any social media, there can be a... Uh, uh, rerouting uh, access to people's websites like mine uh, that those types of things. Yeah. You know, the traditional shadow banning, so they can now lean on Instagram and Facebook to do these things because it's Canadian law. So VPNs aren't going to fix all of it, but it makes you look like you're going from somewhere else. Mm, okay. I do get a lot of uh, messages from people going, I just found you again um, yeah. because I like one of your posts and uh me out of your page like i'm no longer a follower of yours mm -hmm. i was wondering why i hadn't seen anything from you in a couple of weeks and i had to refollow you and i'm like oh my god it's crazy it's real it's, it's not conspiratorial it's, it's it happened to us uh starting in february when we put up a we have a friend of ours named um zach bell he is a veteran with a sign he's he's a he's a big big deal in our community and he's starting to be a big deal and all over and he really is a promote like promoter of mental health and things like that and it's a cardboard sign you hold up and mm -hmm. I held it up and it said, hold the line during the protest. Oh, I hurt myself. <laughs> oh. What happened? What was the, what was the follow up from that? Business traffic online downloads, all of it. <clears throat> all wow. at the same time. Now is that the government coming after you or is that just people being afraid and council council culture? Well, I think there might be a bit of both. Uh, because we would get like 11 warnings on Instagram a day. Mm. Uh, so there's that. And then the other things like website traffic, you can directly correlate from the day I, I posted that photo. So whether, I don't know, when you have pretty steady traffic to a website for sales, and then you just see it go. And then now people aren't finding us. People aren't seeing our stuff. People can't. And all of a sudden, all of our jewelry on Facebook doesn't comply with the ads, even though it's been up there for five years. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just like a good, just right one, two, three. 
kind of mm. thing happened. And the only way to break out of that is to go on other people's shows and to go talk to people outside of the country and kind of give an awareness of those things. So it's really fascinating when you do that to kind of see the response and then the algorithm kick and all of these other things kind of overriding what their overreach has. And then VPNs. Just go on. Rogan has like a VPN thing. It's super cheap. Really? Yeah, he's got a code for it. Now I'm now I'm promoting ads for I Rogan. I love those Rogan. codes. Give me those codes. Those codes work, man. They're the best. And so I got a v, I got a VPN that way. Um, but it was recommended. But now I have okay. all the all the RCMP friends around me, joking to me, being like, "Come visit. Don't bring your don't bring your little following though with you. Your little security." following or your little whatever they just like oh you like people following you and I'm like fuck off like these you're gonna get cancel culture you're gonna get hate you're gonna get all of those things but if you're speaking openly and honestly and not from a trying to harm anyone not from a dangerous standpoint from an education so that others can be informed standpoint and they're still doing that that's a concern so what is I mean, it that that's you just real sorry real quick about this cancel culture thing it's so bizarre because it's like and i experienced it too where you know when i started the podcast and we kind of reached out to some uh sponsors that i knew would be uh like my stuff and right on board and behind closed doors are like oh my god we love what you did but we can't Bye. possibly we can't possibly associate pot that we don't want the the fallout mm -hmm. from any you know so in time give it some time I'm like, okay, that's cool. But it's really upsetting that, I mean, the whole idea of, of that we can't, um, it, it's like people are afraid of getting canceled, but it's like, there's a subconscious thing. Mark, I interviewed this guy named Mark Groves. You probably have, you're familiar with him. He really speaks well about it, about like how there's this subconscious fear that like it's gonna, you know, and the real cancer culture people, it's actually very a small group. It's mm -hmm. a small group. And I think it's blown up through algorithms or whatever, where it makes it seem like it's this massive, and you don't want to be, you don't want this massive wave of cancel culture to crash on you because everyone I talk to in real life is like, we all seem to get it. Like almost everyone, like, like 80%. And I usually try to keep my ear on the ground of what's going on. I think that this whole idea that like everyone has view of us, I think is a little bit exaggerated. And then you, mm -hmm. you go on, there's bots and fake accounts that look real. And like, you just have this idea that like, you're lost in this ocean of, of, of cancel culture, where I think this very small group of people who are manipulating us to be terrified to say anything. And if you do, they, uh, they click a couple buttons and stop traffic to your site or shut you down. Or anyways, I just, I just, yeah. I'm done. That's my it's not it's, it's not difficult to do that's the beautiful thing and when people are like who do you think you are to think that the government would care and i'm like when you just say one negative thing they care yeah especially in canada right now because yeah. we look bad everywhere everywhere it doesn't look good when you ask anyone about trudeau right now it's not good outside of canada they're like what is it real that he that he's Castro's son? Is this a true story? Tell me, did, 
is he really Castro's son and he's running your country? Like that's the shit they say. Like, and they, yeah. and it is so out of, it is so wild. It's wild to see the perception of, of Canada in the, on the world stage right now. Um, too dangerous it's going to be interesting when, when our comments on social media, I mean, I think cancel culture is sort of like setting us up for, I mean, to get a little crazier, setting us up for things that are happening in real life in, in China where you, and you literally disappear. Like oh, yeah, that famous tennis player. It's like, boom, like right now, you're our, a lot of our existence is on social media and like you're deleted or deplatformed and you're canceled and it's like, well, they're gone. They shouldn't just, have, you know. Gone. But what, hap what happens, Skip, I don't know, 20 years from now or whatever it is where you just are literally just gone for real. It's like, it will be so ingrained in us that, well, you stepped outside the lines, so you just disappear, you know? Or the fact that when you say something um, online or you question the government, then you're, you're, I mean, all the pieces are there. Like the whole freezing of the bank accounts. If you donated 20 oh. bucks to the Ottawa thing, it's just, it's like, guys, they've shown us in little pieces, their toolkit of what they're willing to do. And, yeah. and no one seems to, but they just such a, just sprinkling it around where people not triggering enough people yet, but you put all those pieces together. And that is like the, the social credit score system where it's like, yeah. if you speak out, and your bank account gets frozen or um you suddenly you you suddenly can't start your electric car because you don't have your digital id is is expired and so like all these little things um it's like it's right in front of, it's right in front of us so it's going to be like that episode that uh that black, black mirror, mirror episode but yeah it's they always dangle it in front of your face um but yeah it, it's it's happening it's happening so there's there's going to be a point where people will be like, oh my God, they were right. But it'll be, it'll be way too late. Yeah. As they're getting drug off or all their animals are being murdered in front of them. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, or their kids taken. Cause you know, mm -hmm. God knows what is the reason. Um, and I, I love it. I love right now. Like when we, as I sit here and people are going to be listening, they're just going to be like, what are you talking about? Like their animals are being killed. Like the government would never kill your animals in front of you. Here, let me just pull up a video from China real quick. Uh, this is Shanghai where they're murdering animals in front of you and taking your children from you and then papering off your door so that if you leave, they can tell. And they're jumping from the building beside it because they're on six weeks of starvation. Yeah, and I really am not to get too dark, but I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's an crazy thing to suggest that it's possible. Some of those things that are happening in Shanghai could come to Canada at some point in the next six months, because, um, like I, I, I try, I listen to a lot of podcasts that I barely understand of like scientists that are being censored. And like, I'm like, I don't even know what it is to listen to, but I, it's not good. <laughs> like it's too, the words are big. But I really, I, I try to, I'm not like the smartest guy in the world, but I want to at least like feel like I'm rubbing shoulders with the smartest people in the world and get a vibe, you know? I'm smart by association. You're smart and adjacent. I just, right. And I feel like it's very possible that, um, that there's going to be like some weird heavy shit going down and it'll have to do with uh, people who got jabbed who are now their immune systems are not prepped for a different mutation because the, the jab almost 
sets your little soldiers up to fight in a very specific way. And then, you know, to fight Omicron or whatever it is. And the next thing is going to be like, Hey, now we're going to zigzag and your little soldiers can't move. That's what I've the super dumb morning radio win $500 guy is figured out from these smart scientists. And I think there's going to be people in a lot of trouble. The more jabs you get, I think the more trouble you're in. And, um, I, it'll be, I think people will start getting sick. I think that could happen in the next few months, especially in the areas of the world where that are the most vaccinated. I think people are going to be, and this is awful. This is dark. Um, but, and then it'll be twisted to be blamed on the unvaccinated. And then I think that if people start, if that does happen, and I hope to God I'm wrong, but I was, I just listened to this episode with, um, Del big tree from the high wire. And he had this like genius uh, scientist on and I was like, uh, this is <laughs> crazy. Slow it down. Yeah. Like, dude, this is uh, but he's, he's predicted every single move since the beginning. And he's like this really smart, highly censored guy. Anyway. So I'm like, okay, if this guy's right, like, oh my God, this could be really be um, not a pleasant thing. And we could see if, if people did knock on wood, start dropping dead for real. Like those early videos that came out to scare the like shit out of us. When, yeah. Like I go, Oh my God, then well, then, well if, if, then people would accept chaining up your buildings. I mean, we, we've let everything else slide. We could see you padlocked. You wait for, you sign up on an app to get your food delivered and slid under your door, like in Shanghai. Like, I think that really could, it could, and I hope not obviously, but it could happen. And there's enough people who would just go along with it, you know? Anyways, you know, I wanted to end off on a happy note. <laughs> fine, but do you know what prevents that, kids? What? Guns. Yeah, the Americans got that on lockdown. Pretty yeah. good. Don't worry, if it happens, just call me. I have friends, we'll be fine. Mm. We'll move. I got my gun license throughout this pandemic. I did. Unregistered, of course. But uh, then now that's changed. Um, it's okay. I don't plan on selling it. <laughs> don't sell your guns. No. They I'm not even, I've never been a gun guy, but I'm like, I got a couple of friends who were like, get a gun. And I just, okay, I'll get a gun. And, and I, I did it. I got a gun. I felt very, um, felt very empowering. It's not a thing we really like, especially I live like downtown in the city. You know, it's not really a thing. Like I got buddies who live in Langley and, you know, hunt and like make their own sausage and, and it's cool. I sort of, you know, live vicariously through their empowering masculine energy and I'm the radio host giving away money and playing Dua Lipa. But uh, <laughs> now I'm like, okay, okay. I'm going to get down with this. Uh, I can get down with this gun stuff. I'm going to, you know, well, think take about care of my family. Yeah. Well, think about that though. Realistically, yeah. that's why so often people are like, why hasn't America been invaded? It's because, well, a lot of guns and a lot yeah, of people that know guns. how to use them yeah like just in texas alone more guns than people uh it, i heard if you just walk through the woods and you kick over two stumps you'll find three guns it's just mm. a rumor though um i know some people in texas that have guns that take like an entire house to fill like you need a whole house for wow. all of it and then they have sea containers filled to the rim and so that's where you go when this happens. What you do is you don't stay. Listen, there's a line in the sand 
we've had this conversation. I'm curious to see where you stand because you've, you've kind of brought it up before and it goes social credit system. So we have this thing called the Brass and Unity Army. We, uh, it's a mental health Monday. We do every Monday at 9.45 in the morning and it's a live we do on Instagram. And we have this group on Signal. It's called the BNU Army and it's a community from everywhere in the world. Like I, I got people everywhere. And we have this one gentleman from Italy and he throughout COVID has been in this group and we have been getting their perspectives of Italy and what's going on. And then we saw the social credit system go in into Italy. Was it two weeks ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw you, I saw you had posted and, you know, kind of put something out there about that. And we've asked him about these things. And he said, there was people, they go door to door and they will physically hold you down and give you the vaccine. Wow. Wow. In like, Italy. Mm-hmm. And Italy is like, um, they're, they, I think in the world, they have like the, the biggest population of like old elderly people, mm-hmm. you know, people mm-hmm. are, you know, they lay get that olive oil, man, they live for a long time. So long. And so I, 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 maybe that's the reason why they were a target where it's like they, they could easily take over the older population, and get most people on board. But that's, that's insane. Like, that's crazy. Like, no, like, believe no one is ever showing up at my door and like injecting my kids with something. I mean, can you imagine? Where's right. the line? Well, line? Yeah, but where's, but if, if that's the line for you, but where's the line where it's time to move out of Canada? Because so many people have said to me, and I don't know if you've heard this, maybe it depends on how extreme your friends are. Mine, some are quite, we're quite over there. <laughs> They've done a lot of tours, more than I can count on both fingers and toes. And they're like, move now, <laughs> like, mm. seriously. But where's the line where, you have to get up and move your family out of the country because it is no longer a country that is safe, in my opinion, a, a country that you can have your own thoughts or send your kid to school or um, control what your kid is taught in school. And we're going to get into that too. So don't worry. <laughs> but where's the line? Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because, you know, these conversations always start jokey with your partner. Like my wife and I've had that conversation, you know, months ago, like maybe we should move here. Maybe we should move there. And ha 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 ha. And it doesn't come up again for a few weeks. Ha 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 ha. And then you have some friends over for drinks and like, it's more ha 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 ha. And then every month, like it comes up briefly again. It's like a little bit less ha ha. (laughs) You don't quite get the laugh you used to. (laughs) And then it's more like, well, don't be ridiculous, but where would, where where would, where would we, we like, even go? Where would we even go? Yeah, where would we even go? It's like, hey, now it's gone from laugh to like, well, to the point where let's just let's just throw some ideas just in I mean, just in case. It's ridiculous, but let's think. So yeah, and then now it's like at the point where um, you know, we are at the point where we're like, okay, I think personally, this is kids speaking, I think things are gonna get a little more lockdown-ish. Lockdown-ish. Come September. Oh, interesting. I just think, I just think, I think this fall, um, I just think. So can my family do another lockdown through a long, rainy Vancouver winter? I don't think we can. I know we can't. So, you know, Mm. the conversation is now zero laughing. No, ha ha. Mm-hmm. It's how would this work if we needed to pull the trigger 
Should we start emptying out the garage just cause mm -hmm. <laughs> things like that? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, the line is like very near for me. Like I'm not waiting until they're coming to the door and holding people down and injecting people. I'll, I'll be bounced out far before, you know, before then. And it's scary to think like, where would you go? Like, I don't know, do you go to Florida? Do you go to Mexico? Do you, you know, I mean, is it safe to go to the States? I, I have this thing with Florida because those are the two, like, you know, Florida, Texas, and, and Mexico seem to be where Canadians were want to get out or going to. And I go, yeah, but all the freedom people are going to Florida, like all of them. So like, they've got everyone in one spot. And I'm like, and they know this. Are they going to flip on harp and send in nine hurricanes at once and just like, you know? Yeah. So I don't even feel safe. I mean, they got that, that governor who's doing a great job over there, but it's like, well, he's just one man. Yeah. Is that sort of a, is it a trap? I don't know. See, this is, I'm, I am the craziest one. I might fit in your group quite well. Yeah. You're not crazy at all. I think you're having <laughs> a full logical conversation and with the, with the forethought of thinking about your family and your children and their well-being over what's best for everyone else. But the reality is you have to think about your family. Cause I'll tell you right now, no one else is. Mm -hmm. right? No one else yeah. is going to come and, and save you. You can't, you can't wait for someone to save you. And I think that's what Canadians have done. We have waited and, and, and looked for the pretty boy to save us when he can be cool with going black face and brown face. Do you really think that guy's going to have your best, your best, thoughts and the best, you know, just feelies for you. Like they're going to really want that for you. Cause I'll tell you right now, this guy has done things like pay a terrorist $10.4 million out of the veteran fund. He has been perfectly fine with making it so that children are so fucking damaged that they're cutting their other kids in their class necks with keys you know, kids are afraid to go near one another. I know people who their children are afraid when they, when they take their masks off, the kid screams. So, I mean, like there's the a line. Phone. If you can't tell what gaslighting is, like get a freaking clue. Just like, learn. He just gaslights us. Like yeah. the sort of the, the smugness and the, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like, I'm pretty like, I could be pretty chill, like, and just sort of laugh a, a lot of the stuff up. But the, he's, his face is the one face that puts, it makes, it gets me going. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, the nerve of this. It's like. <sighs> my, my most recent one, my favorite one that I'll always reference. And it's a friend of mine, uh, Brock, who stood up during the um, town hall and said, I lost my legs. I'm having issues getting prosthetics. I've been turned down every year with Veterans Affairs to stay with them. You have to fill out paperwork explaining why your PTS is still there or why your limbs haven't grown back or proving yourself. And they're turned down left, right, and center. And it's because he has done things like stand up in a town hall and say, you're asking for too much when you were cool with sending him over as a child to get his legs blown up so that you could benefit financially in the war on terror. Um, so you're fine with that. <clears throat> you're fine with taking $10.4 million out of the veteran fund, which you've now farmed out 60% of the veterans to Manulife Insurance Company and have PIs follow them. 
I can talk on that. You did it to me. Mm. So if you're fine with doing things like that, you're fine with not communicating with the community when they ask, you're saying it's too dangerous yet, you'll go to Kiev in the middle of an active real fucking war and stand there and aren't even able to put a flag up because you're that incompetent. If you're going to do those things, then you're going to get what society is going to give you. And if you don't have the balls to stand up to individuals and have those conversations, then you have no business being in government, period. The fact that you've been running this country for this long and you want to go longer, I just feel Putin vibes. That's just me. I'm just a podcaster. It's fine. Yeah, what do you know, Kelsey? <laughs> Nothing. I'm only surrounded by some of the uh, coolest fucking people in the world who have their finger on the pulse, but that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm the crazy one. I digress. My point is I would like to see, I would like to see the protests have meant something besides damaging society. I would really like to have seen it have gone further. Um, did you remember seeing when the leaked uh, screenshots, eight page screenshot came from the RCMP? Mm, oh yeah. 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 So when that came, we, a few of us, quite a few of us got it before it leaked with rebel news. But then when you ask anybody else, no one has ever even seen it. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. Or the bill, or the, the hotel buffet bill. Did you get that one? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the 200 grand it's fine. buffet bill. Like, oh my God, it's what fine. is happening? Yeah. Well, that's my point is I wish Canada, Canadians would see the country for what's happening to it, happening to it. So we don't lose it. And so when people say to me, where's the line? When do you, when do you put your family over country? And the line is approaching, and that's with the social credit system, in my opinion. When they start affecting banking, that's a very different thing. When they start saying where you can live because of your credit, because of your social credit, not because of the credit you've earned working really hard, that's a problem. And when they start saying children above the age of five, if aren't they're not permanently vaccinated, as of the liberals in Ontario, they cannot have the privilege of going to school. That's the line. The line was six to eight months ago when mandatory paperwork to leave the country, which is still in place as of May 11th, 2022, we can't leave the country. Canadians who are unvaccinated cannot leave the fucking country. And I think go anywhere. there might be a time at some point soon where whether you're vaccinated or not, they won't oh, let yes. you leave the country. And that'll be scary, but it'll be really rich. Oh, it's Ooh. so rich. Yeah. Like, because if, you know, like the scientist I listened to the other day yep. is true at all, then they could be like, sorry, guys, we just can't have anyone coming and going. And then, you know, then you might remember what it feels like to not be able to whip off to a weekend in Cabo or whatever it is, you know. Then it's interesting. You call me and we call my friends and we go bye bye in a good way, not in the way right. they used to do to people, but in the way that they would do to us. It's a little different. There's no bags involved or tie straps. It's fine. It's voluntary. It's mm. perfectly mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> we need to talk about where you might go at well, some point so I can just, just have some ideas. I just want to mentally. I want to add, add some places to my vision board Listen. and help manifest some things. 
there's plenty of places we can go. Okay, kids. Have you thought of Montana or Wyoming? Seriously. Didn't ever consider that. Like people who are just living kind of outside the system. They're not outside the system. There's a ton of people that live in um, Montana and Wyoming that I know that literally live near Jackson Hole. And it's just sprawling open what what you could get for your property, what you could get there. I mean, you could buy a few, a handful. And Hmm. it is quiet and people don't fuck with you. And people don't tell you you can't send your kid to school without a mask. And they don't vaccinate your people if they don't want to be. It's your choice. Listen, again, be vaccinated. I don't care. I will still love you. It doesn't bother me because guess what? My body, my choice, which we're going to get into. So Mm. those are a few countries that are, um, sorry, a few states. I call them little countries because I, I really think that the United States needs to compartmentalize there needs to be like this because it's never going to get along in the way that they're going. The, the separatist movement almost is, is inevitable at some point. I really believe that. I think that they're, they just, the left hates the right so much. It's like, just go to your perspective corners, just, and then be happy there. And then there won't be all this hate, like just do that. Um, but Wyoming, Montana, Texas, Florida, I would love to fuck off to somewhere like Costa Rica. I would like to go change up the lifestyle in general in just the way that I live my life, how I spend my time, the way we raise our son, those types of things. I would like to, if anything, COVID has shown me that running at the pace and doing the level of things that we're doing as human beings, we just go, we go so fast and we never, we never slow down. And then we never actually have to get to sit with ourselves and our thoughts. And then we never grow or think differently or question things because we're never given time to do that. But when you do do that and you sit there and you're able to sit peacefully and think about your thoughts and kind of reassess, that's when people become dangerous. And so I feel like I just want to go somewhere that I can still work because I guess podcasting is work. Uh, Bunny ears. I hope it is because what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's kind of like an Instagram model. It's like, Mm. it's new. It fucking is awesome, but you can do it from anywhere. I want Mm -hmm. that life. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I like super love some stuff that's going on in America right now, as many and your Instagram post I'm going to address right now. I woke up the other morning um, and looked on Instagram and saw your post immediately. I laughed so hard. I went to the bathroom to show my husband what was in the shower. I said, look what kid just posted. And do you remember what that would have been? Well, I'm going to guess. Well, my, I'm going to guess it's the uh, my body, my choice is back in fashion. It's, Am I right? Oh, <laughs> I was dying. And then my, th- my comment with that was like, been wondering where you guys have been the last two years. Yeah, that, got, that one got people fired up. It got people fired up. It got people fired up on both sides. It got people like Jillian Harris going. Uh, real quick. I saw that yeah. real quick. Yeah. That was surprising. Yeah, she commented like, oh, I can't believe this is on a man's account or something. I'm like, was it? Yeah. I can't like, believe a man said, I like I a man. Yeah. It, that's such a weird, <clears throat> like really it, it's just a comment. It's a, it's a statement about, Hey, uh, we're being a little bit hypocritical here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like 
it's, it wasn't even about a, a making a statement about abortion. It was more like, hey, there are still people who, um, you know, are not being given the choice whether they want to inject an experimental uh, thing in them. Like, mm-hmm. so if you're going to, you, if you want freedom of body, bodily autonomy, then like, it's got to be for everything. It just can't, it's just, I can't, this is like one of those things where you go, what, how do people not see this? It's so obvious. So when people like Jillian Harris and other people, that I, like, I really admire their hustle and like they seem to be great people. I just can't, there's a disconnect. Like, how do you not see that this is hypocritical? Anyways, sorry to cut you off and jump ahead. I'll You're let not. you. No, you go ahead. I'm just right here for it right now. Yeah. It's no, it's wild. It's wild. I because I know a lot of people, there was a few, few of your comments. I I'm, I'm picking her in particular. Cause I know, I know of her, everyone does in the area. And, and I know, um, I know about her through other individuals. Um, I mean, it makes sense coming from someone like her. I feel like when your whole life is curated to look a certain way, to put out this perception, if you don't tow that line and you push something for so long, and then you turn around and were to say, comment the complete opposite of her, that would be that would be real and honest. But I feel like at some point people are a victim of their own success uh, in general, and they believe their own, their own, you know, just, it's just, they're yes people, or they always have yes people around them and they never question the thought or they never question how someone is formulating a thought or like, hey, maybe, maybe why don't, instead of just like saying an ignorant comment, like a man is saying that, which you have every right because, you know, people, like people fought for your fucking right to talk like that. Go ahead and talk like that kid, because that's your right as a Canadian citizen. But what's not okay is spreading more hate, being more division, like more decisive and being more division driven. And then on the other hand, spitting family love and support. Fuck off. That's not okay. You are, you are, when you become a certain person in your perspective community, you have a responsibility in my opinion. And maybe that's because I have integrity or I've just got a lot of character. These are just words people say about me. It's not what I think about myself, kid. It's like what people say. But when you, I think I have integrity in the things I say. I think I stand for what I say. I do what I say. And when you spew hypocrisy like that, and you are a certain level of a person, what that then has done has taken anybody who follows you or is really into you and tell them it's okay to be hateful. It's okay to be unkind. It's okay to sow division. It's okay to be a separatist. It's okay to say just because he's a man, it's not okay for him to talk. No one in anywhere should be told that's not okay for you to say. I've had people tell me it would have been easier if I died on deployment than deal with my paperwork. That makes me angry or that we should have died overseas or that fuck the military, like you guys are baby killers. Like we, we've all had that. Any vet in Canada who's had that. We're not really like a war fighting nation and people don't really love when we are like volunteer to go drop bombs but we do have a type of people that do volunteer for that. And guess what? That's okay. And when anybody says something like that, that's ignorant 
or my favorite question is, have you ever killed anyone? When somebody says something like that, that's ignorant. You take a breath and you go, that's okay. Cause that's ignorant. That's hypocrisy. That's gross. But you know what? I'll let you say it. And you know why? Cause people like me and others were willing to go and do the dirty work. So you could sit here and play house and take pictures. So like, don't be a hateful person that goes for anybody on Instagram and social media. The world is fucking hard enough. Do we think we need to tear more people down? Does it really like benefit you to post something like that? Does it feel good? That's what I want to know. Does it feel good? What happens when you hit send on a comment like that? When you preach mental health and support and you're surrounded by others who I know in the community personally, who preach community above all else, religion and love above all else, society that is just caring for your neighbor above all else. And then you go and say some shit like that. Does it feel fucking good? Because that shit was not okay. Yeah. yeah, Kelsey, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There's a certain element of empathy that uh, that has to be drawn upon or explored because I think the narratives are so well-crafted and the division has been set up on purpose so well. I mean, it's you have to sometimes uh, tip your oh, hat yeah. to your enemy and go, you guys really know what you're doing. Like, nicely played to see people sucked into um, that sort of hate. It's almost like they don't know. It's, it's almost like they don't realize it's hateful because we all believe that we're good people. I believe I'm yep. a good person. You believe you're a good, well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know you that well, but seems like, you know. <laughs> I'm accept, I, I'm what I call acceptable at best. Right. People just believe I mean that well. we're all good people. And, and, whether you're on this side or that side, I think that people really are coming from a place of, of love. Like if to, to really dumb it down again to like the, the, you know, the, the, the jab thing, it's like one side is like, listen, from a place of love, it's obvious you can't let the government decide what happens to your body. And then the other person disagrees with that is, is going from a place of, from their perspective, love going, well, no, we have to do what's right for all of us. We have to like save our grandparents. Hey, grandma. Right. So, and that's, that's, that's something that's been implanted in their minds. It's a narrative that has been hit hard and the, the, the human brain. I mean, I used to love reading psychology books and it's like a, it's like a computer that can be hacked. It's like a computer. So get someone like that. Who's on Instagram and they really do believe that they're, I don't think that like, I don't think Jillian is trying to be, like hateful or spit hate. I really don't. No, I, I was just I saying that, in general and people, she was just the reference point, but in general and people, oh yeah. when somebody posts something, does it feel fucking good? And then when you look back at that and you go, cause my thing is you should always try and be 1% better than yesterday in any aspect. It doesn't have to be all aspects of your life. Cause that's overwhelming. And that's a lot of weight and pressure to put on yourself. Although <clears throat> I have been accused of saying that I'm a bit harsh. 
but I think you should be. I think you should take ownership for your fucking life and the fact that you wake up every morning uh, in one piece with all limbs. Or if you have only some, that's cool. I high five, homie. I have a few friends that are like you. I think some of the nicest, happiest, kind, most careful about the way they speak and because they speak with intent and love only have lost all three fucking limbs and have one. And they are the, they are the people who care so deeply about others and are so conscious of like, did I say something that could have really come off in a hurtful, negative way? And not because they feel like censoring, but because they take that responsibility of the energy and the love they put out in the world. And they never want to be um, misconceived as a hateful person because they care that much. But people who get comfortable, those people who get on social media with their stupid fucking thumbs and think that they have some type of value add to the world when they're sowing more division, don't talk to me. Don't have a conversation with me about it. I'm pretty damn open about everything. But you can't sit there and say that that was productive or was a positive 1% in someone's life. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point too. But there's, there's, and someone from like, to use Jillian Harris as an example, has sort of been on, you know, one side for a, a long time since the beginning, like telling people to go out and get jabbed, for example. I don't know how you come back from that. I mean, if, if you, if, if she even wanted to question now that maybe, ooh, maybe she read the Pfizer documents and went, God, oh my God, like it actually says not recommended for women who are breastfeeding or pregnant or, and like, I apparently didn't, but I was offered to be a part of the, I was, I was offered to be like, Hey kid, would you like to be a part of our team? Like Canada's last, what's that? What was that thing? And you put us on Instagram, like Canada's shot. It's Canada's shot because they were going around paying and there is documents. There's plenty of them. That's not conspiratorial. That's not bullshit. They were paying high paid, high level YouTubers, Instagrammers, Facebook Mm -hmm. people, anyone that they had influence in a community. So you can't walk that back because nothing you say after that. I don't know if Jillian got paid or not, but there was a couple of posts that I was like, wow, this is like a commercial (laughs) to get jabbed. And they wanted, I was, cause I was emailed a few times, few times by like an ad agency going, do you want to be a part of our Canada gets the Canada shot team? And I was like, to delete, I'm not even responding. I don't want you to even know that I read this gross. Who yeah. am I yeah. to, to, to influence some mom to take your kid to get jabbed? Like, what is that? That's not my job or responsibility. And like, how awful would I feel if, if something turned, like something happened to that kid where they get a vaccine injured and they come back to, oh, they, well, I saw it on kids Instagram. I can't even imagine someone would take that on as an influencer. I, 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 so I had Nira, Nira, God love her, but she was on Instagram saying, I'm a part of like Canada's got shot. I go, what the frick are you doing? What if one in a one in 10, of your followers has something happened to them. You're going to carry that? Like, I think it's shocking. Um, well, they're, they're going to, no, they're going to. With the Jillian thing, it's like when you got a million followers or more, I'm sure she's way more than a million now. And that is your business. Like um, you, you, it must be, and, and I have, I have a couple other friends who are big influencers who are, they're with us. Like they're on our side, but they could. Can I meet these people? Because I feel like I'm so alone right now, kid. But they're afraid to even like 
a comment, uh, let alone say anything on their own account because they're afraid that they would lose. Like they make a lot of dough with their Instagram following and like, and I, so there's like some empathy there of like, yeah, I, I, I get it. Your customers are mostly like sheep who watch the news. Like you're going to like ruin how you take care of your family. So there's like, there's so much fear. People are just so fearful to say something, even if they do have an inkling. Um, but I do think it is wrong to like, just stay out of it. Like Jillian could have just stayed out of it. I mean, some of my followers were really going for her soul in I those comments. Oh. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, like, and I know, I know I have exchanged some DMS in the past with Jillian that leads me to believe that she, there, there have been moments and we haven't gotten into it because we don't know each other that well. There's been moments where she has questioned things or like been curious or, but I think she, I think from my own guessing, she would be too afraid to even explore those things because what would that mean? And then, you know, eventually when you know, when you know, when you know, and then you know this, then you see, they connect the dots and then you're like me on the radio, slowly stewing and then you blah, 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 blah and then you're canceled. Who needs that? Well, I mean, it would be a shame if, uh, you know, was it Tide pulled her sponsorship. I would hate for that to happen. The thing is, again, who am I? I'm just a tattooed, angry veteran that has a show. But the thing that I find fascinating about influencers in general is this. I, again, believe that living a life of purpose and integrity, but that comes from my background and I'll always fall back on those principles. And I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. There's financial incentive. There's, there's a reason why maybe my brand is hurting more than like a few others in the local BC area, which I won't talk about maybe, and probably, but then there's always going to be very high profile um, ambassadors or very high profile Instagram, you know, celebrities who have to protect their, their brand and they'll do that at all costs. And that's fine. But I, I just know I would rather be honest and vulnerable and truthful about my experiences and why I feel like I can talk on these topics, why I feel I'm educated on these topics stand behind anything I say. And if I fuck up and say something that was wrong, be okay to say I was really wrong there. I'm a human being. I'm, you know, no pun intended, learning and healing and growing because that is literally the motto of my fucking life <laughs> because I've had to since I was in the military at 18 and saw real things. So you can't, I also speak about this, you can't blame someone from the worst thing ever being the worst thing that's ever happened to someone. So they can't, that comfortability factor we spoke about at the beginning, you can't, you can't blame someone for not seeing the writing on the wall or not responding the way you and I are responding or not, or not being willing to stick up for things because maybe they've never encountered any sort of adversity that has questioned them or got their blood pumping to a point where they've had to learn how to think in a different way, in a, in a protector's way, in a, in a lion way, in the way that I have to be that person for my family and those around me, because if I don't and something ever happened to them and I didn't speak up 
and say, I don't think this is cool. I don't think this is okay, but that's really how I felt in my soul and my heart and the person that I am with the work that I've done, then I don't deserve the progress I've given myself. I don't think I earned it because in this journey of, of going through the military and, and almost losing my, taking my own life several times because of PTS, and then finding things like psychedelics and being willing to have a completely different conversation, completely something I would never have spoken on, something I would have never opened my mouth about, knowing what it would do, never, I would never have. But then I learned that I've been given a second chance in this life. And if I don't use it to the best of my ability, then people like my friends and the ones that have taken their own lives since, what's it worth, what's it for? what the fuck is it for? If I'm just going to be more hateful, if I'm not going to be there to help someone, if I'm not going to be truthful and honest, when I feel like something isn't right, well, what's the point? What's the point of waking up every day and getting on a microphone and talking into the ether when there's millions of other people doing it? What value out am I bringing to you in your life where you feel like you want to listen to something I have to say? not because I'm trying to be verbose to get attention or I'm being conspiratorial because it'll get more clicks and more likes and more supporters. You can see that on my following. There's a reason I don't crack a certain number on both sides. I'm not stupid, but I'm willing to do that because when it is my turn to just peace out of this vibration and move on, I will know that I didn't sit there perpetuate hate and lies and deceit and also know that I wouldn't have been a proponent or push something on someone to maybe a, a single mom or somebody who doesn't understand what's going on. And it's just so goddamn fearful. And they don't want to lose their children. And now that child has myocarditis or that child now is in a wheelchair because they're permanently paralyzed because of an Instagram influencer telling me it was the right decision over my medical life. Like, shut up. Shut up. That's not okay. You don't get to talk about that. You're a fucking influencer. Stop it. You're harming people. Anybody who does that. I'm not even talking about one person. This is a generalization. If you're not doing something good, shut up, shut it. I've had enough. And so when I saw comments like that being made and trust me, we all, anyone who's put themselves out there to be, uh, to be picked apart or talked about or given yourself vulnerability. You're gonna have a Reddit page about you. You're gonna have everything about you. You're gonna have people saying the craziest shit about you. But as long as you know who you are right here, you come with receipts and you believe in the things that you're saying, you're not just saying it for clicks and likes, I can live with that. I can fucking live with myself. But you can't tell me some of these other people will be able to in 10, 15 years when people are dropping dead, their children can't do sports, boys aren't able to have children, girls' ovaries are fucked sideways, and people are just spontaneously miscarrying around 22 to 25 weeks. Tell me, are you going to feel good about yourself then? Because I know I will. And I think what you do and people are, who are speaking the truth do is important because a lot of people are confused. They don't even know how they feel, but they listen to someone like you. And they go, oh, God, you are putting what I'm feeling into words where mm -hmm. that's not my skill set. And people are, you know, so I think it's so important that that's what an influencer really, like, what are you influencing, <laughs> right? You're, you're, you're really giving um, people a space to like, oh, my God, 
uh, to come along that journey. It's, it's also interesting too. I was thinking as you were talking about how, um, you know, we are so afraid to like, we just kind of don't want to rock the boat. We go along with things. And I think our, our kids are watching us too. And so if you are not comfortable with, let's say, wearing a mask in a certain situation or, uh, but you just do it and your kids are watching you, it's like, or you go and get jabbed, even though you didn't want to, you just did it. I go, God, what are you teaching your kids? Like, and what do you, what actually do you say to your kids now? Like, if you're sensing yourself on Instagram and not saying certain things out of the fear of being canceled or whatever, I mean, what happened to that whole narrative we used to have with our kids where you just got to be yourself, express yourself. And like, you know, you got to be you. That used to be a thing. Like you just screw the world, you be yourself. And that's, that's my kid's way school's motto. Right. And like, but now what do you, because now what, what do you tell your kids? Like if you got a, a younger kid, are parents telling their kids like, listen, I know you think that, but you can't say that. You can't. And what kind of damage are we doing to our kids then? Because, well, you can't say that you don't like, you can't say that you think that um, it's not, maybe not healthy to get vaccinated. Or you don't say you don't like a mask because you're going to get kicked out of school or canceled. Or imagine your parents raising you to be terrified to express how you feel about something. I mean, because honestly, there's, there's been times where I've had to say to my kid, okay, that's for like what we talk at home. You can't, don't say that to someone at school. And I said, I catch myself going, oh, like, how do how I? How old are your kids? You know, four and eight are my youngest. And I have a stepdaughter who's a stepdaughter who's 17. Um, okay. You go, you don't want your kid to go and get trouble, like actually in trouble, but I don't want to ever tell my kid not to express himself. So it's like this weird time in, in the world right now where I think I wonder if a lot of other parents think about that, think about the potential damage, you know? Um, yeah, so that was just a random, random thought that I had. No, it's interesting because you have a, <clears throat> one of our, one of my only and one and done, uh, my only child we have, we're similar in age to your youngest. And we went through a similar time frame as you did, which was the COVID kids. Um, and I can tell you after having my son, we were very careful. Um, I said, I'm not, every time I say this, Dr. Phil pops into my head, maybe this will click with you, but it's a stop putting adult problems on children's minds. Like, you know, like that, like, or like the, the two sides to a pancake. You know what I mean? Like, like literally those are the things that come to my mind when I say this shit, that's my <laughs> child, the Dr. Phil, what's up? So, um, stop putting adult problems on children's minds that cannot cope and handle this. So that means once we found out this wasn't a kid issue, knock it off, knock it the fuck off. Once we figured out that my son wasn't going to die from it. First off, <clears throat> we complied with the masks for the minute that we had to. And then we became the people who would not wear them and get the looks. And that's, that's how that went. And it went like this, a big smile in the grocery store like this, hold my son's hand and go. And he used to go, mommy, why do they wear those masks? And I said, because they're silly, honey. And he goes, okay. And we move on. But I had the, I was privileged enough to send my son to forest preschool. Okay. So not in a facility, 
like-minded ideals, no masks, none of that. Chickens, cows, cows, horses, foraging, building fires, kid at a hatchet at four. So we dealt with COVID like that. We didn't stop going anywhere. We didn't stop seeing family. We did not comply with the border. We lived our life because we live on the border where COVID park existed. So when Americans could just come hang out there and you could just go hang out there, but then there was no regulation of that and that was fine, but nobody else can, we're done now. We're done playing games. We're done playing pretend because we're not, we're not doing this. Because the second we figured out that this was causing anxiety, that is the moment we stopped and said, what are we doing here? How do we have these conversations? But it's also because I've been in treatment and therapy once a week for almost 12 years because of the military. So we talk things out with real doctors, with real psychiatrists, with real pediatricians, with individuals who are reading documents, who are looking at the data points and going, you know, I, I, let me tell you why. This is why it makes me a little concerned. Da, 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 da. And we took advice from people who weren't being paid by Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. We went with people who were looking at things differently. Fortunately, like yourself, my husband and I are on the same page. Um, my husband never served. He was a professional supercross racer. The guy was an athlete. When you start asking people like professional athletes to start putting things into their bodies where that is literally their job and people are saying no, and that's not okay, that's a problem. So for us, when kindergarten rolled around, he started kindergarten in September. And we've now had the police involved with the school because of violence in kindergarten. And when I've sat down, <clears throat> correction, when I said, how big do you want this story to be to the principal, local, national, or international about what you're doing? What do you want? And she said, please don't do that. And I said, then I want a meeting with the superintendent of the school and the police liaison. When they state to me, Across the board in British Columbia, the school boards are seeing incredible high rates of anxiety, depression. Um, they're seeing children that are unable to leave the parent. They're seeing children that are too afraid to take their masks off. They cry when they do, when they see an adult with it, when they see these children who have had no social skills, who can't do up their own jackets, who are not potty trained at, in kindergarten and who are violent and not just violent, slow progression from hitting to pushing, to hitting over the head with toys, to taking a key to another kid's neck and going after a kindergarten teacher and trying to stab them with a pair of scissors. There's something fucking wrong here, kid. And these are the COVID kids. So this is the generation we just hit. These are the people that are having the problems and we set them up for it. We did that willingly. Mm. So it's happening to the three to six year old age. You are seeing some inabilities to self-regulate. You're seeing inabilities to um, the human interaction. They don't know how to read each other. They don't know how to respond with another. So they're violent and they're acting out and then when they go to the parent to talk about it, the parent is so fucking burnt out. They've lost their jobs. They don't know what to do. 
They just figure if we comply, then we can go back to work and we can pay our bills and our life can go back to normal and we can go to Disneyland. Like that's all people wanted. But now we have a next generation. They were trying to teach kindergarten on Zoom. You have a next generation who has no skill, emotional intelligence to handle what the world is putting at them. And then you put adult problems on them and you wonder what's coming next. How can you be so naive? How can you be so holier than now to think that you didn't impact a child? Because that kid, I promise you that RSP y'all been saving for school, you're gonna need it for fucking therapy for the rest of that child's fucking life. Mm. And then that's not even damage from the vaccine. Don't even go into that. Mm. Or so. the damage of, uh, you know, not being able to learn how to pronounce words or, yeah, with the masks, yeah, and and the teachers and the disconnect there. It's, I think they actually lowered the number of words. I can't remember what the name of the organization is, but they lowered the number of, of, you know, they say by this age, you should be able to say this many words. And by this age, this many words, I know they lowered all the numbers secretly. Mm-hmm. And so that people wouldn't recognize that there's cognitive learning <laughs> problems. There's already some reports. Young. There's already yeah. a bunch of reports. They're, they're across the board. They're in every country that, that did this. They are, there's sprawling numbers of not only uh, in a, like the learning disability, if you will, the, the cognitive decline, but they're seeing in so many other things um, with kids, which is really concerning uh, the level of anxiety. And um, now that just comes in, you, you create an anxious society and a depressed society. This episode is sponsored by Pfizer. Did you know that Zoloft? can just make those little blues go away. Those blues cause the thing that we caused that then we gave you the thing to fix the thing. Like it's a problem. And And even before this conscious, even before this, the the, the whole thing was design a culture where we just feel like we're less than, so we will go and buy to fill the hole, you know, so we will have to have the certain things to make us feel like we're, uh, we're, we're enough. So that's already kind of ingrained in us. And now this next generation, yeah, now it's next level. It's just, uh, constant anxiety and yeah i mean it's pretty yeah. it's, it's all teddy bears and rainbows it's all pretty exciting well it's so where are we moving to, to? About, yeah i think i'm gonna move um well originally we were looking at moving up to west Kelowna, hmm. um and that was just so i could get out of the fishbowl that i live in in my cul-de-sac because because i can't yeah and so um like you're gonna love this we had a neighbor move in, a new neighbor in the cul-de-sac. And if you're in a cul-de-sac, like you're all, you're all in it. It's like a dynamic, right? And I had another neighbor take it upon themselves to write that new stranger who we know nothing about, any background, a diagram, the names of everyone in those homes and the names and ages of their children and give it to them and think that was okay. Like for ratting? Just for, so being neighborly. What was the intent? 
behind just doing being, that. Just being kind. So they knew all of the neighbors that they were living next to. Okay. Yeah. It's very special. They're surgeons. <laughs> I. It's like, hey, um, can I not have a little bit things? of things? Yeah. Privacy or like, what else did you include? Everyone's V status or like, what else? Is um, <laughs> she said the reason she didn't put the adults ages is because she didn't know everyone's birthday. Wow. 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 Imagine that. I do. It happened a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I was God. angry. Oh, I was yeah. Angry. Like, why, why would you? Okay. Yeah. How about so, there's a little thing called, you know, you bump into your neighbor on the street and you get no, to know no. them and you can determine, okay, is this a person I want to know and reveal more about myself? And maybe I don't a want child? you knowing what my kids' names and ages are. Like, who knows who's moving in across the street from you? Yeah, that's a little bit of a slight overstep. So she must I be a think big, big fan. she's, there's, there's a, there's, there's some stuff. So we're, we were looking at, you know, moving up there and all of that, right. To kind of get some space, literal space, need some fucking space. I'm suffocating. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I do well with crowds. It's a thing for me. And then we started seeing these, like these implementations of the, of the ID. And then I saw the other day that Saskatchewan dead stopped the movement forward of their digital ID. So I'm thinking to myself, what's happening? Because I want to feel this out a little more. I want to know so that if we know that's coming, then we're gone. But the thing is with the states is they're kind of batshit crazy a little bit about stuff right now. And I don't know which state would be the best state. And then if it's not the states, where? And so like we're at that stage of we're not laughing anymore, but we just mm -hmm. haven't ironed out where that would go because my husband has some companies in the States as well. So it's where, where would we go? What does that look like? How do you do that? How do you move finances? How do you get visas? You know, it's, it's that part. We're at, we're at that conversation and the mm -hmm. reality behind that. And are we overreacting? Are we being crazy? Are we doing it too soon? What if they end up just doing it down there? Then the move would have been, you know, there's that whole dynamic. Um, once I know exactly where I'm going, I'll tell you, I hundred percent promise you'll know, <laughs> I'll send you a postcard and be like, when are you moving? Let's talk about it. Oh my God. There's a plot next to us. Yeah. There's, we have it. It's fine. There's goats. You guys like goats. We've got goats. You don't, we'll get rid of the goats. Just move. It's fine. <laughs> and we can grow lemon trees together. It'll be great. We'll, we'll, we'll have a good community. It'll be a, like a, Oh, see, now we're getting communal. I've had this conversation with some rangers and some seals and they're like, we should all buy an island. We should all buy an island of the like amount of people. <laughs> we'll all surveil yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. We'll all teach each other kids schools. Like there's, there's some stuff we could do. And um, it's at that point. And I'm, again, I'm hopeful for the country because I have to be, because that protest gave me hope. It, it was the first time I felt hope in two years. I, I didn't think they had it in them. I remember the day they left from BC, we were going to take our son downtown for something. And we were going up 176 and we saw all these transports, but we saw all these dudes with like trucks, just taking pictures of the transports. And I'm like, my dad's a truck driver. Like they don't do that. Why are you doing that? What's happening? 
And then they started rolling and I started seeing all the clips from like True North and I started seeing all the clips from Rebel and I started seeing all the clips all across the board and I'm going, oh my God, they're going to do it. Oh my God, they're going to, they're going to do it. And it reminded me of the first time we started bringing bodies home from Afghanistan. Mm. When the flags were over the bypasses and people were honking their horns in support, it felt like they were coming together again. And when it was happening, I said, you know, America can't do 24 hours without a place burning down, but we can go five weeks with children and with ball hockey and having it at the border beside my house, going to it and seeing how peaceful it was and how beautiful it was. And yet we can still have our quote unquote leader call us white nationalists and terrorists when I've never seen more Sikh, more Pakistani, oh, yes, more black, more green, more blue than anything. I've never seen anything like it. And out here, what I saw, which troubled me, was a lot of individuals from China holding up signs saying, do something now, do it now, because if you don't, you're next. Yeah. It's the people who've moved here, who've, who've come from like Eastern Europe or, or, you know, who have witnessed this stuff firsthand. They're like, even the messaging and the commercials, like we're all in this together. Like those are tried, tested and true strategies. It's psychology. It's, it's planned. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's the way they've done it in so many other countries. I mean, you either win the minds of the people and you sort of like bring them in slowly, or you just go in and drop bombs and the bombs aren't gonna work in Canada. So they're doing it this slow way that- Slow trip. Unless you don't, unless you've experienced it, you don't recognize it. But yeah, I've, I've talked to people who are like, yeah, I, I grew up in here. Like we moved here to escape this type of thing and we see it now happening to you guys and it's it's terrifying yeah it's craziness it's, it's the thing they teach you before you deploy yeah you get little handbooks about the country about like what's going on and like customs and all that we're here to win hearts and minds hearts and minds mm. so then when we so when we shoot the kids who are like shooting at you because you've invaded their country you can justify it because hearts mm. and minds Hearts and minds, homie, hearts and minds. And when you've done it to one country, everyone around you, that's why you saw the vets show up. <clears throat> that's why you saw Jeremy McKenzie standing there with a terrifying amount of my friends in Ottawa mm. and me FaceTiming him being like, I'm there with you in spirit. I'll go to the border one. I'll go mm. to that one because <laughs> it's the closest I've got, but I'll go. And I remember my son, every we had to drive through it to get to his GGs. All the flags are up. People are honking their horns. And I'm just, of course, vet plates on my car, just all the windows down, all the horns, just screaming, like, finally, someone gets her. And my mm -hmm. son looked at me and he goes, mommy, why are they honking the horns and, and have all the flags? I don't, why? And I said, honey, they're fighting for their freedom. And he turned and looked at me and said, no, mommy. They're fighting for everyone's freedom. Mm. And he's five and he understood that. And grown ass adults can't understand that. Yeah. I just he might be doing something right with this kid. He started his own business, kid. <laughs> awesome.
It launched last weekend. I'm not fucking kidding. It's called poopyninja.com. It's a website for kids clothing. And it's about people just being positive and these little characters he's built. And he has, <laughs> yeah, he wants to be like mommy and daddy. Uh, I don't oh. know. Maybe one day when he understands what being an army man was like, because that's what he calls me, we'll right. have a different conversation. But that's where we are now with him. But I just, I'm, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to your story and the way that you are that resonate. Um, and it's, it's important to have these conversations and people, they get mixed reviews, right? They'll hear us start discuss, they'll get through the interview and they'll get to a point, they'll hear us starting to discuss world issues and things. And they'll go, I oh, fuck, I can't have any more of that today. Or they'll go, oh my God, that's happening in Canada. And they're our hat. And that's a problem. And why is no one talking about this? It's the same reason why most Americans didn't even realize that we've been finding thousands of bur buried babies that the church and the government of Canada covered up, you know, of indigenous children. Most Americans don't even realize it happened. So there's a reason why we talk about these things. And we don't always mean to go down these paths, but there's a reason I have conversations with every individual I have conversations with. And for you, it's because not that you needed the acknowledgement that you, what you did, I believe in my heart of hearts was the right thing and that you should be able to live with yourself after doing that. But it's because I want to know when these types of things happen to people, how they're coping with it. So how are you coping with this in the transition of that? And what are you doing that other people might be able to do and take with them when they're struggling with things like this themselves? Uh, well, I'd say when you do speak out, as terrifying as it can be, it can be terrifying to speak out to your kid's principal that you don't want your kid to wear a mask. I mean, people are so afraid to rock the boat. I mean, um, so to speak out, uh, the good news is that your, you, you, your tribe shows up. Your tribe shows up. That's, in my, that's been my experience. I've had some people fall off, of course. And which can sting, but you know, you just, at the end of the day, you kind of go, okay, I'm just so glad there are people now that I've connected with, um, that I didn't imagine, like I kind of knew them, but then it's like when you're, cause here's the thing, when you're, when you're honest and truthful and authentic, it gives everyone around you permission to be authentic and, and true. Also, so you're giving people permission and, be, and everyone just, need, everyone just needs a little bit of like, oh, okay, fine. Okay, good. You know, when you meet someone, you're like, okay, good. You're just, you just speak your mind. Thank I, oh, we can be friends. Even if we don't even agree, even if what you're saying is like, to me, batshit crazy. I just love that you're just spitting your, your truth and like, oh God, cause that means now I can do the same. Okay. Now let's relax. Let's have a glass of wine. And like, now we can shoot the shit and just like, but there's that weird feeling when, you know, you know, it's school pick up or drop off. There's always like all the perfect moms. And it's like, well, ho, ho, ho. no one, it's like, who's going to break the ice first and be real. And so, so when you speak out against some of these things, um, don't be afraid because honestly your, your tribe shows up and the people that like, and you also figure out who you don't want to waste your time with. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of glad. <laughs> I'm glad I know that about you. And it's not easy. It's an emotion, it, as you can expect, it's emotionally up and down a little bit. And there's, there's, you know, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride, but at the end of the day, 
what gives us happiness and joy is our connection with people. So you get connection with maybe a smaller circle, but like you're really dialed in with those people. And then life just feels, it makes it so much easier to deal with all the other weird bullshit. So don't be afraid. You know, we're, we're meant to be curious. Be curious. Don't let anyone freak you out about, oh, I can't even ask questions about that because then I'll be, ugh, fuck, find your tribe. That's what I've been doing. And, and like, you know, I was, they tried to cancel me. And like my Instagram following went from like, I don't know, 30,000 to like, I don't know, 70,000 after I was quote unquote canceled because my tribe showed up for me. And it's now like, hey, we're here for you, dude. Like, yes, like what, what, what's next? You know, so, and I would say quick plug, please go to kidcarson.com and add your email to my list, please. Cause I got of course. some fun thing to announce soon for people who want to be kind of a part of my tribe. Cause uh, you know, I want to be someone who helps to like what you're doing is bring people together, build community, people who are just waking up and want to have a place that's safe. Uh, you know, I want to do something like that. So that's what I'm working on. But um, yeah, I'd say your tribe shows up. And you could, it's like, you gotta, it's like Will Smith is that great. There's a great YouTube video. Will Smith talks about. I love, I didn't know where you were going to go there with that. No, no, Will Smith, pre the slapping thing. But when he talks about, he has a great speech about courage and how like you're going up to like the, to do skydiving. And like, it's like so terrifying, terrifying, terrifying. And like, it's like that moment before you jump out of the plane is like the most terrifying freaking thing you can imagine but it's stepping over that one little line. And like, it's like now the most amazing feeling you've ever had. You gotta be brave for like five seconds to cross that line. And it's like, oh my God, I'm skydiving. Ah, and you go, oh my God. But to get to that, you had to go through the absolute terrifying moment of, you know, when I was in the radio, my heart was pounding. I knew I was gonna say something that morning. And then as I watched the, the little, little timer that tells you how many seconds are left in the song. And I'm like, Oh my God, 30 seconds. Oh my God. And I can feel like suddenly my heart starts to go. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, do, what am I? Should I really? And it's like 10, nine, eight. I'm like, Oh, okay. Boom. Then the mic goes on. And I just jumped ah. out of the airplane, jumped out of the airplane. And then said what I said, turned it off. And then I felt a thousand pounds come off my shoulder. And then people started showing up. And I think there are a lot of people waiting for you, the person listening right now, they're waiting for you to give them permission to be honest with what's going on inside their head too. It's like, we have things going on in our head and we got this out, outward projection and people just want to put what's in their head out so that they match. Cause that's how you feel comfortable in your own body and skin and soul. And I've just gone through it. Yeah. I, there are some, scary moments. Where am I going to live? How am I going to support my family? I got kids, all that's going through my head. Will this podcasting thing work out all that stuff. But I'll tell you, I feel so much happier having those fears, having this thousand pounds off my shoulder and being connected with the tribe. It has like way the, the ups are way it outweighs yeah. what your biggest fear is. So that's what I'd say. There's people waiting who maybe aren't brave enough, They're waiting for you to give them permission 
to be real. You just got to make the first step. I love that, man. I'm glad that you did. I'm, I'm glad that you had a supportive family as well to around you for that. <clears throat> because so many families are not surviving COVID. They're not surviving being locked down with each other, or they're not surviving having a difference of opinion of either wanting to get vaccinated or have their children vaccinated. And it's getting really ugly. It's getting messy and it's destroying families and it's destroying the mental health of the parents and they just can't take it anymore. And I think Canada, ooh, it's going to take a lot, but I'm hopeful that we can awake from this, you know, mass psychosis or comatose life and realize that we deserve better for ourselves and we do deserve better for our children. We deserve better for our community and, and for our society and for the way that we were going back in time a little bit, just for a second, isn't always a bad thing. It doesn't mean that we have to have all of the same bad things happen, but it means that we can reevaluate why we are doing what we are doing. Um, instead of just blindly, blindly following, um, I'm, I would hate in my lifetime to see the fall of a free nation. I feel unfortunately like we have already started to see it crumble. Uh, the West is really, the West has taken a hit, whether it's uh, politics, gender identity, schooling, masking, COVID, vaccines, homelessness, opioids. It doesn't matter. Pick it. We've got lots of issues we can discuss, we can go through, we could have conversations about. Um, but the biggest thing that we're not having the conversation about is the well-being of our own mental health, why we are doing what we're doing, why we think it's acceptable to keep acting this way and why it's okay to keep harming the next generation. So I think because of people like you doing what you did in a public forum, you gave that space to others to be around you to say, hey, I'm good with this. I'm glad you're doing this. And uh, I'm grateful that you did. Uh, I was shocked as hell. I won't lie. I was like, what? Did anybody else see this? Anybody else see this? I walked in the office that day. Did you guys just hear? Did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened? Because yeah, it may have been of like a viral moment for you and everything, but what that signaled to the rest of us that are in Canada doing things like this and are talking about this is that somebody else who's been respected in a public forum, a traditional public forum, had the balls to grow up and say that this is not okay any longer. And the more that we allowed people to harm people, the more that we're just going to damage our society and you cared too much to, to allow that. So I'm glad I'm grateful. Um, it has been nothing but a pleasure. And I feel like I could sit with you and talk with you for endless hours and hours and hours and hours. And I hope that you will come back on as many times as you want uh, to have these conversations. It's very rare that I get a, a good a really good interview that I feel comfortable enough really going into these really deep forums um, that I think are only going to benefit the listeners and they're going to pull something out of this, whether they realize, hey, maybe they're not being 1% better every day and maybe they'll try, or maybe they realize eating shitty food isn't great and I want to be healthier, so I'll drink more water. Or maybe they'll just realize that, hey, these feelings I've had in my head are okay to have. What's not okay is to sit with them by myself and feel alone. And so I'm grateful for your time and for you coming on, kid. Kelsey, thank you. And I'm glad you, I'm glad I was able to get those kind words from you right before my laptop died. 
I just got the warning. Perfect. That's all I need. Plug in your laptop. It's about to die. That's how life works. Right? <laughs> Timing is everything, is my great. friend. This has hey. been great. All your socials? Um, kidcarson.com okay. would be the easiest one. All my stuff links from there. Perfect. Kid we'll put it in the bio. K-I-D-C-A-R-S-O-N. This has been great. It's therapeutic, really. Okay. That's what I'm here for, my friend. You stick with me, everyone else. We'll see you all next week.